Now for a show by a brother and sister who are polar opposites, but who both found a calling running solo businesses. This is the Unfederated Podcast. Hey, Sarah. Hey, brother. What's happening over there? Well, I ordered um, a Prime Now uh, Whole Foods grocery delivery, as I do on um, Sundays. Or... <laughs> Um, I usually do it on Sundays. Um, and so it got delivered and I'm watching it from my nest camera to make sure nobody takes it. <laughs> nice. So it's just sitting there on your yeah, porch right now. It's sitting there, but I don't think I got anything that's like going to spoil or anything. So I think we're good, but what a world we live in. <laughs> that was my grocery shopping all taking place on an app. Now I just need somebody to like put it away for me. Do you need me to like vamp for a while so you can just like run downstairs <laughs> real fast and put it all away and come back to the show? Nah. Uh, I also looked this up because it like prompts you with a pretty high, like a percentage of for um, giving them a tip. And I was like, mm, you know, like I don't want to be ungenerous, but it doesn't seem like you should get more money for doing the same thing if I spend more money on groceries, you know? Um, so I looked it up and it turns out like they don't even get the tip, the driver and uh, the person who picks the groceries up, um, they get some like mysterious amount that's basically whatever, you know, $18 an hour or whatever Amazon agrees to pay them. And then Amazon keeps the tip amount to offset. <laughs> yeah. So that's been in the news a lot lately in, in tech world, like really? uh, that a couple of them. So messed up yeah people got really mad and they're like there's an assumption that if i tip yeah. it's going to the person yeah. that i tip to uh-huh. <laughs> like, uh, at least in some sort of like tip share kind of program yeah. you know not just like the big corporation keeps it yeah <laughs> like i'm not tipping amazon like that's like the last entity i would ever tip <laughs> there's no circumstance under which you'd be like here's a one amazon thanks for your service like, I don't know. Um, yeah, well, I hadn't heard about that. I'm the last to know, but I definitely ratcheted that tip way down and, and then felt edified by it. So, Yeah, uh, that seems very fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, so which other service? Is that like Grubhub and stuff does that too? Uh, let me look and see what's the um, food delivery... Uh, tip scandal. Ooh, scandal. Scandal. <laughs> uh, DoorDash. It looks like is the one that got in all the trouble. Man, that's just so like um, sleazy. Yeah, in late July, they have since uh, decided to change their quote unquote controversial tipping policy. Uh huh. <laughs> I don't know. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm sure they have. Um, well. You know, honestly, I can't complain too much because I don't work for them. And I'm not affected by it on a personal level other than now I have an excuse to not tip. So I really like it's only been roses from my individual perspective. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's a great world. Highly recommend Prime now. Um, never going grocery shopping again. I wish that were a um, better option for us. Yeah. You guys have fewer. Do you have like Instacart and stuff? We have Instacart for Publix, which is where we shop. But um, it's just the, it's very costly, you know, 
uh, and the, the pain of like going to grocery, like that's one of my household chores that I've assumed since I've been self-employed. Cause I felt like I could do it better than Rachel. She said, fine, you do it. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, I, I've taken that duty over and I think so, I, I would, you know, not to brag, but I think successfully. Um, so we have a system in our house of how that all works and I get it. And it's just, it's not to me, it's not worth the, the money of delivery, but you know, we live in a place where it's easy to drive and park and yada, yada, yada. Um, yeah. The, the so. thing for me that makes it good is when we're traveling a lot, because a lot of times I can just like reorder all of the stuff that we always need because we've been gone for 10 days and like threw everything away before. <laughs> so we need all of it. So you can just be like select all order on the plane and it's there waiting for you when you get home. Yeah, that's you kind of tipped us off on that, and that's something we've started doing when we go on vacation, like uh, the beach we usually go to. You know, it's like the worst part of getting there, and then you immediately have to go to the grocery store, and if it's during one of the busy seasons, so does everyone else. <laughs> so it's like, uh, so we've started just scheduling orders like the night before, and it's even if it's just enough to get us by for a day, so that you know we don't. That's not the first thing we have to do. Uh, it's it's definitely worth it. I'm I'm into that. That's a good place to outsource, I think, when you're when you're freelancing and you're looking for like places that make sense to outsource. If you're going to spend time because if you're freelancing and you're controlling your own time, you should be going grocery shopping during the middle of the workday. <laughs> like like you're crazy if you're going on a Saturday or Sunday because that's when everybody else has to. You don't have to. You can go and it's completely empty. Um so, you know, if you're doing that and you're thinking, okay, what can I not do today? That's a very good one. Um, cause it's, you know, depending on the cost for me, like $5 and it gets delivered with, yeah. With the Amazon fresh are all the products, the prices checked up to, or is it just the delivery fee? Prime now is whole foods. So the fact that I'm going to whole foods is expensive. Um, it, but Amazon fresh, I didn't like the selection of it. It was kind of a pain. Um, but I I couldn't say whether some of the prices were jacked up on Amazon Fresh. That's true. Um, Whole Foods, it's the same cost. Okay. We need to try that because we have that here. Um, we just have, we've always, if we've done anything, it's been Instacart. But it's like all the products, you know, are arbitrarily a dollar more. And so it's like, I don't remember buying $8 bread. <laughs> like, you know. Um, I haven't I, noticed that. I'll say, I will say I'm like, man, Whole Foods is expensive, but that's. Yeah. No surprise there. No, 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 no. Um, so that was our technology segment. Uh-huh. <laughs> Organic. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> yeah. We need like a little. Yeah. <laughs> we need, yeah, we do need a transition. Um, so tell me what we're going to talk about today. Well, I thought we would talk about what's next. And I mean that in the most macro sense, not not in the micro sense, which is probably a, you know, a show that we might do. Um, but I was listening to someone, to, I forget what, I was listening to another podcast. I should have jotted it down to give them credit, but I didn't. And they were talking about this notion that people with traditional jobs don't really have to ask themselves what's next. Like 
like those high level decisions of like industry trends or, you know, skating where the puck is going, which is something I've found people that are way behind the times say, man, when they're that trying. is a great idiom that I've never heard before. <laughs> oh, really? Never heard it. No. Oh, gosh. I, I occasionally have a client that's like, I want to do this project like it's 19 or, you know, 2001. And I'm like, Ugh. and they're like, we're really trying to skate where the puck is going. I'm like, <laughs> oh. that puck is melted in the ice yeah. by now, brother. Like, <laughs> Climate change is just nope. really, you're standing in a field. Uh, <laughs> wow. Um, but if it weren't for the people who weren't doing that, always using it, uh, it is a good, um, good idiom. Um, but yeah, I just, this notion that, um, if you're working a nine to five in, in particular in a big corporate setting, but even in small business, I think like certain sets of decisions are above your pay grade. You know, you don't have to ask yourself like, what about our products need to change? How do we need to reinvent? our services that we offer, like what is the goal for this year versus, you know, five years from now, like those kind of, um, high level, not day to day things, but like probably need to be month to month things. And at some point parts of them become day to day things, you know? Um, and we as freelancers have to worry about that, you know, or we, uh, I think about, uh, I've, I've got a friend that has he works a, a jobby job, um, and he's like the IT director. And they have to hire all of these uh, developers that specialize in this particular language that's like three decades out of date. Like, and they they have to pay them like a ton of money because they can't find anyone else that knows how to work on this like you know god awful system that they have. And at some point in time, those folks are a dime a dozen. And then like they were probably out of work for a long time because everyone started like using better software and then it, they've hung on to it long enough <laughs> that it's become relevant again. And they're getting to like, you know, uh, charge crazy amounts of money for their services. And I always think about those folks because like oh, what a terrible season it was until you get to the, like the person that was so stubborn and unwilling to change that they've actually gotten rewarded for it. Um, that's but so, that, there's somebody we know quite well in uh, Walker's family who that's exactly what he does from like his sailboat, just raking it in, working one hour a day. <laughs> so don't feel too bad for them. So bizarre. Yeah. And it's, it relies exclusively on people using really outdated, poorly fitted solutions. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I, I'm not suggesting that anyone actively go down that path because uh, maybe if that's something that you know that complements other relevant things that yeah. have a place in the marketplace. You can't great. bank on it. You just have to be one of those people who's like, like in this case, this fella was like, oh, huh, I remember how to do that. <laughs> you know, like, I guess that's a thing again. It was just opportunistic and clever. So that's a good place for that opportunistic extortion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That'll yeah, be anyways. you. That could be you someday. <laughs> yeah. When, when AdWords is yeah. long and gone and no one cares about it anymore. Except for like one person who's <laughs> skating where the puck is going. <laughs> yes. So true. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I thought we'd ask like what, uh, what 
what kind of things do you find yourself doing or not doing in, in conjunction with this notion of having to be thinking about the five-year plan, 10-year plan, you know, the, the macro trends in your industry and, um, maybe a little bit of how that compares to when you were doing the full time and, and like there, there was, was there a place for that kind of thinking there or not? Yeah. Full-time jobby job for lawyering. Um, the track I was on being corporate counsel or a, a lawyer who represents business and transactions and general advisement was very much to go at what they call in-house, which is being an attorney employed by a company. Um, which I am now, it's just by several companies. Um, but you know, having like a jobby job where one would be in-house counsel, most of my friends now, um, and colleagues are in that space and the pressure, especially if it's a bigger company, um, is to get siloed into really specific niche, uh, areas because that's just efficient. It's like the Henry Ford situation where like, the best way to, you know, one person does one task over and over and over again, and it's an assembly line and it's great. I know everything about that. And I have a number of colleagues. So let's see, I passed the bar. I graduated in 2011, so it's 2019. Um, however many years that is, is enough for a lot of people to have worked at a firm in private practice for a while and then gone in-house. And, um, at first it's great cause your lifestyle is better and your job is less challenging. And sometimes, you know, I can't speak for all of these people, but a lot of them are now have been doing the same thing for a couple of years and, um, like the same thing, like the same 10 page contract over and over and over and over again. <laughs> And that is not pleasant to do, uh, you know, lose it because I think if you're most people, you start to feel like, okay, I've got this. And then you're like, this is nice. You know, that I just like know what I'm doing and know it better than anyone else. And then you're like, I'm nervous, <laughs> like, you know, like hopefully you get to that spot, right? Where you're like, this can't last forever. And everything else I know how to do is atrophying. And this is not necessarily a transferable skill. Um, so that is extremely different than how my day-to-day -day is where I'm constantly learning new things or hearkening back to something I've done before, but it's been a while. Um, so I'm like, and I'm building a lot of, you know, experience between what I know how to do already and what I've done before. And I'm partnering with people who know specific areas of law better than I do um, in order to broaden my own experience. Um, so it's kind of like, sometimes I feel like my brain just has these tentacles that are reaching out like really creepily in all directions all at once. <laughs> um, so long story short, that's kind of how I feel that it's different in that you wind up um, making these adjustments as I'm constantly changing on a day-to-day -day basis, really what I practice um, in a way that if I were at a jobby job, especially like a big company in-house, I would be very much not doing Cause it's not, you're not rewarded to do that in that situation. You know, like, uh, I think I te texted you last week or something about like the emergence of the sports gambling 
law uh, field as, as it relates to this, like, you know, that being legalized state by state. And there's like this whole new opportunity. And I'm like, I'm thinking about you at, at a big firm and you've been doing the same thing, you know, your, your widgets for, for eight years or however long you've been practicing. And then all of a sudden you go to your bosses and you're like, Hey, I want to like start this whole new thing. <laughs> like, and, and I've, I've been in similar situations myself and they're kind of like, great, go back and work on your widgets, you know, like, uh, or do all your widget work. And if you want to do some of this too, then you can just work that many more hours. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like you can add that on, but then what's your incentive? Cause you're salaried. So why would you do that? But I, I have found that. And so now that I've been practicing a handful of years, um, there's a whole bunch of areas of law that just didn't exist before that exist now because of how rapidly things have changed. Um, and I think those are such good opportunities for newer attorneys who are, you know, like sometimes I, for instance, I, I got questioned on my experience with a particular type of financing instrument, um, probably because of like being a younger seeming attorney. And I was like, listen, these were created in 2013. So like you could have somebody who's you know, 70 years old and has been practicing and financing this whole time. And they're not going to have had the chance to know it better than me because I've been practicing this whole time as well. And I've actually taken the time to learn about it. Um, so there's a, a number of kind of backwards issues where it's easier for you to pick them up as a newer attorney than it would in, in being older and having decades and decades of legal experience doesn't make you more qualified in those areas. Um, another one is, uh, data privacy, cybersecurity. It's a great area um, for uh, small firms. And I've been making this pitch before because my partner, you know, practices in that and he knows it. I mean, somebody recently said to me, you know, do you know anybody who does data privacy, cybersecurity? And I was like, yes, (laughs) like my partner. Um, And they were like, yeah, I think I'm looking for like a big firm. And I was like, I don't know why you would, honestly, because (laughs) there's just there's no I mean, if you're looking for an old attorney, they're not going to know it. Like (laughs) you need somebody who this came out, this law, it was passed within the last two years. So you really need somebody who's just taken it upon themselves to learn this new thing really well. And older attorneys are less inclined to do that than, than younger and bigger firm attorneys are less inclined to do that because they don't have the support to branch out into new spaces of law. And then small firms with a small firm, you're like, sweet opportunity. Let's do gambling law or whatever. And you can just, you know, go to a couple of continuing legal education seminars and read a bunch of stuff about it and then start practicing. Yeah. Cause there's really no like legal precedent for a lot of this stuff yet anyways, because it hasn't been tried in court yet. Right. It's all so brand new. Yeah. So, you, I mean, that's a big thing that, you know, weirdly uh, weaves its way into a lot of areas of law. Like a lot of people want really specific answers on tax law. Like, is this what they mean by reasonable or is this what the IRS means by unreasonable? And you're like, no one knows. Isn't that scary? <laughs> you know, like there's no bright line rule. 
we're all making it up. The tax code just changed. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there really is a lot of a lot of that. Um, and you can just dive in head first if you're on your own or you're in a small firm. But if you're at a jobby job, uh, nobody's going to let you practice that because they're going to get nervous and not understand it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it, it seems so crazy to me. And having worked in situations like this, I hope this isn't anecdotal. It feels like more systemic, but that you would have someone that works underneath you and they would come to you wanting to evolve the company and like in a, a new and fresh direction. And you would not want them to do that. You know, like, like that seems like a waste of a time, waste of time because there's like a few fewer widgets produced at the end of the week, you know, cause they've spent that time doing something else. And like, but yet that's so common, at least from my experience that, you know, uh, no, just get back to work, you know? Um, hmm, yeah, that's, yeah, it's, that's a, interesting. it's really hard to sell higher ups on new things like that. I mean, and and that's why like big companies come and go, right? Like whatever Kodak is the most classic example of that ever, you know, um, that it's just like, Hey, this is what we do. We're going to do this exceptionally well. And we're going to forget about the fact that like, we're going to be totally non-existent and antiquated <laughs> in a few years. Um, hmm, yeah. that's interesting. When Blockbuster didn't crest that wave when Netflix came along. Yeah. Total tangent, but Netflix, like if you really think about like they've essentially been a unicorn of a company like three different times, you know, like from the CDs and the mail kind of thing, like that was huge. And then like even the, like, and then transitioning that to online streaming was huge. And now like the third time is like upsetting. Yeah. Upsetting all the, the studios and like reinventing themselves a third time of being this huge player and, and, uh, that's so impressive to me. I don't think they get enough credit for having having surfed through continuous waves, like one wave to another, you know? Yeah, it is very impressive. It was such a, I mean, when when they came out and they were just like mailing DVDs, it, that was so the moment for Blockbuster to be like, we're going to do that too now. Because, you know, like nobody knew who Netflix was and Blockbuster already had all those rights and everything worked out and would have just eclipsed them. And then I just, I think of that every time I see an empty blockbuster store, but you're right. It is three waves of just like continuous pacing, you know, pacing or making the change. I mean, it's impressive. Yeah. That's just gotta, I mean, to the, what we were talking about earlier, that's gotta be such a cultural, like, uh, they they have to have a culture that rewards that so much, you know, for to be able to sustain that and not rest on the laurels of of you know uh, their their first win or even their second win. Um, I often feel so bad for Redbox because like Red Redbox was such a good idea that came two decades late. Yeah, it know? really did. They saw I was I was at the like a gas station the other day. I saw somebody getting a Redbox and I was like, is that just a drug thing now or like what? <laughs> yeah. You know, what are they doing? Yeah. Who would use that? What for? <laughs> well, I went on a golf trip with some buddies and we stayed at like an Airbnb and there was a DVD player <laughs> and so we we're like. Can we find a red box and get a movie? You know, it's like going back in time. Um, yeah, that, so funny. That is wild, hmm. but that's a good thing to remember. I mean, the you know, cresting the wave, and and uh, even if it's just you, kind of 
creating a culture uh, that rewards innovation and supports it is important. How do you think that you can do that? Uh, in a macro sense or me personally? You personally. Um, I, you know, to be honest with you, I, I struggle with this uh, quite a bit because I've done Google ads since it's early days, you know, for like a decade. And it certainly is on the decline mm-hmm. uh, in favor of some of the, the newer networks, the Facebook, Instagrams, the, you know, uh, even LinkedIn has become more popular in the last year. And I don't like any of them better than I like Google ads. And I feel like I we've lived through the season of like, oh, but Facebook does so much better. Oh, wait, it's because Facebook is a terrible company that's got, capturing all of this data despite you, you're asking them not to. And then selling it to people that you don't even know without your permission. And, and so there's been a little bit of like, uh, coming back down the earth and they're like, Oh, well maybe Google ads isn't so bad. (laughs) You know, um, the thing that I think separates it from a lot of the the online ad networks is you have to go search. And so you're like essentially by virtue of going to Google and conducting a search, you're opting in to see ads. You're saying like, Hey, advertisers, I'm looking for this kind of product. Show me a good product, you know? And, and that seems so much healthier to me than yeah, than just being inundated with crap all the time, you know? And I get the notion that like some of the networks, like in Google specifically, you have to recognize your own need. And and a lot of networks, like you're being introduced to products that you might not have recognized you have a need for yet. And, you know, it may still solve a problem. And if so, great, you know, that's still a good ad, right? Um, I, I happen to believe that people want to see ads for products that they want to buy, like, you know, and um, so that all of that, you know, makes good sense. I, because of some of the ethical dilemmas that exist in my industry, I, I keep leaning back towards Google's ad product and, you know, Google does some, some creepy stuff too. Um, not Facebook creepy, but you know, they make people uncomfortable get that. Um, but I feel like some of their products have remained really honest and true to their, to their purpose. Um, but then I, I, I feel that way. I, I feel it's justified. I have like strong arguments in, in favor of that. And then sometimes I wonder if this is just like what everyone does once they, you know, get a particular mastery or, or, you know, catch that first wave to justify not continuing to evolve, you know, like, is, is, am I just fooling myself into believing that I'm just going to, you know, that this Google wave, I'm just going to ride it out till we hit, hit land. And then, then I'm going to be caught off guard that, um, that's not a thing anymore. And, uh, actually one of the, uh, one of the agencies I've been helping a lot, which is like super impressive on the other types of ads. Like I'm, I know more about Google than, than anyone there, you know, and they, they like started after the other stuff had, had existed. And I started before that. And so our paradigms are just different. And, and so I already feel a little bit like the, the guy that knows the ancient software system, you know, uh, which is horrifying to me, you know? And so I, I've been pushing myself lately to see like, if I, I still don't want to do the creepy stuff, but there's, there's some new stuff coming out that it, it makes me wonder if I could kind of leapfrog the creepy stuff and, and get um, back into a place of relevance for another, you know, another decade or so. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. That's, that's a challenging, and, 
and I think that one piece of it that's challenging too is like, okay, I, you know, um, for example, one of the things I'm wanting to looking forward into leapfrogging is, is, um, a couple new, uh, networks have emerged for the idea of advertising apps. So like, uh, the app store, Apple's app store has started uh, an ad network. So you can actually run ads for your, your app, um, for your phone or your Mac. And, and that's like, that didn't exist two years ago. You know, it's, it's relatively new. It's all the same fundamental stuff of what I'm used to. Uh, it doesn't require a lot of the creepiness that Facebook <laughs> requires. And so it's like, Oh, okay, well that's a great fit. And like apps aren't going anywhere anytime soon, you know? Um, and so that's, yeah, that's cool. But like, but now I've got to have people that, that view the whole system. Like I do that, like that have an app that they want to market, um, and want to be one of the first ones to jump on board this new network that may not be like super, um, super stable or have figured out all the ins and outs of, you know, the things that Google ads has figured out cause it's existed for 10 years, you know? And, um, so like even my struggle is even though I want to take that leap, I want to evolve my business. I, I now have to find other people that want to do that too. I remember the season from when I first started doing Google ads and people were just figuring out about Google ads and how powerful it could be. And like most of my sales process looked more like education than sales, you know? Um, and, and the nice thing that has existed since I've gone on my own is times have changed. And most people, regardless of how center of the bell curve they are in their business, like understand the importance of digital marketing. They're just looking for someone to, to provide it for them. And so I would be transitioning back into this world of having to go and like perhaps convince people of the virtues of, of using what is a, you know, an old technology, but in a new way. And, um, and that's going to, I mean, you know, that means longer sales cycles. That means like a lot of things that suddenly, um, are a lot more difficult. And I, I remember them. I remember how difficult they were. Um, when I've got other people that are just happy to get me to do their thing in the middle of the bell curve and mediocrity, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That is tricky. So maybe just staying aware of it is, is better because the beauty is we don't have to predict the next thing as well as the big companies because we can turn on a dime. Yeah, that's true. And that's, that's super relieving. And I actually, I mean, a couple weekends ago, spent a weekend, like just deep diving into all of this new stuff that I'm wanting to do, you know? And, um, and, and so like I got the chance to work on one account for an agency I do work for that was in the space. And I was like, Oh, I could totally do this. You know, and now I just need clients that want to do it. Um, and so that's kind of a, you know, uh, a, a different challenge, but all of a sudden I need to start like thinking from a marketing perspective again, instead of just like, you know, easy to find people who need the service, not having to convince them of it, whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, that's certainly like, I think one piece as far as like thinking about how, how my industry is going to evolve. And then I think another level of this is just on a personal level of just like, what do I want my business to be for me? in so many years, you know, and, and that's a piece too, that like, I think jobby jobbers don't really have that freedom, right? Like it's probably going to look like eight to five hour long lunch breaks, you know, whatever, um, uh, 40 hours a week or, or more. And, and for me, it's a little bit of like, okay, you know, I've, 
I'm in a particular season of life. What, you know, what do I want my business to look like? And, and then the challenge then becomes like, how do I shape it and make it so that it's sustainable at whatever, you know, level that is, um, when it looks like what I want it to look like. And, and so I think that's another, um, hard question to ask. And one that I usually like, I, I usually think about this kind of stuff when I go on vacation, you know, when I'm, when I kind of use a different part of my brain for a couple of days and, and it gives me an opportunity to dream a little bit. And so that's, that's kind of what I've got slated for, you know, a world with small kids, do I want my business to look a little bit different than it has and, and, you know, how long will that season last? And then soon as I've heard from people, once kids start going to school, you know, like life changes because they're gone all day. And so the season where they're, you know, maybe not quite, you know, kindergarten age is, is unique. And, and so it makes me feel like I want to be mindful of that and, and not, uh, squander an opportunity if there is one. I'm not, I don't know if there's one or not, you know, but I, I just kind of want to keep my, my eyes open for that. Yeah. I think, um, just continuing to like make little adjustments and kind of self-correct is probably the biggest difference. Um, we're not going to find ourselves like you're not <laughs> the people who are practice or doing that, um, software, uh, the, the outdated software situation, which is, is kind of brilliant. They were like traditionally employed people, you know, who knew how to do the thing. And, you know, then later on they were able to, to make it work. Um, they probably got laid off because yeah. they didn't, weren't needed anymore and, and had a, a season of really terrible, like not great. And then all of a sudden rise, rise back to yeah. power. Yeah, totally. And, and there's tons of people, you know, there's 1% of those people are actually actualizing on their weird niche, old school knowledge for good. Those are the entrepreneurial ones. Um, that's not going to, we're just not going to be blindsided. Like there's not all of a sudden isn't going to just shock us that nobody wants our services at all anymore. <laughs> like we're going to be able to sense that as, as things uh, progress in smaller increments. So I think um, the ability to just be like completely floored by a change in um, the market is a lot less for us because we don't just have one client. We have many. Yeah, I think if I had to distill all this down, like, and this is really me talking to myself, it's that um, we would be wise to carve out time to to like um, to think about these sorts of things. Like, uh, if we're if we're too busy working in our business instead of on our business, you know, whatever that analogy is, like, it, it would behoove us to set time aside to to think big picture and to dream a bit. Um, and then I think it's also reasonable for us to just on on a regular basis, be checking in with that, you know? Um, I, th I think the people that get caught in that situation, the old software situation probably just aren't like to your point, they're just not asking these questions. So, uh, even just asking them and thinking about them periodically, even if it's not quality time is probably a step above where we could be, uh, in a good sign. And, and then our, our ability to pivot, quickly is a huge advantage to, um, and something that, you know, we could see, see a wave and in a month later be riding it, you know, if, if we are wise about things. And so, um, yeah, it's still, it's for me though, as someone that just is an anxious body, <laughs> like 
it's one of those things I just, uh, it's probably the thing I worry the most about, uh, about my business is just like, uh, getting to, um, in love with, you know, whatever, uh, uh, my sacred cows, you know, like the things that, that I've, that have brought me here that I really need to learn to let go of. And I always wonder if I'm doing that or if I'm just being wise, cause I actually have expertise in an area and I should, uh, make the most of it. Yeah. There's no telling, but I know that it's not gonna, your, your life isn't going to upend on a dime like it could for a traditionally employed folks. If you know, like every single person at Blockbuster <laughs> and so, so I think that's reassuring if you're anxious that you're going to be falling behind. Or all the tellers at the bank who stand next to the ATM <laughs> or the, oh, the people no. at the self-checkout. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's brutal. Yeah. That's all I think when I see those people is like, are they just watching those machines being like, thanks. Uh, <laughs> I guess you could say that about us and computers, though. <laughs> well, on that bright note, um, <laughs> uh, we're going to do a Q&A episode soon. So send us your questions. Yep. Hit us up. We're at Unfederated Life uh, on just about all the social medias where you can uh, send us a question via the email uh, through the website, unfederated.studio. You can find show notes from this episode at unfederated.studio. And if this podcast has helped you in your journey, say thanks by rating and reviewing the show in Apple Podcasts.